Walter needs to change his luck. Walter, brighten up. Anna is about to change her mind. Walter! The maestro is about to change their lives. What have we done, oh my God? And their dream house has just changed into the money pit. I'm going to help you. You have a gun? Steven Spielberg presents Tom Hanks and Shelley Long in The Money Pit, a Richard Benjamin film. Rated PG. Starts Wednesday at select theaters. November has arrived, boys, and we are starting our prep for Thanksgiving. Who's excited about that? Right here. Yes. All right. It's, it's turkey time. Yeah. Uh, so welcome back to Reconcinimation. I am John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And I'm Brent Hutchins. And this is the podcast that takes a look back at some of the fav- our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And we're checking out how they hold up today. And We've got a, it's a special time of year. It's uh, we're just, we just finished Shocktober and Halloween, and now we're heading straight towards Thanksgiving. David, is this not your favorite time of year? Christmas is, but it's, this is awesome right now. Do I say that for every holiday that it's your favorite time of year? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. But there's Christmas is my true love. Uh, But no, here I, like, I, this is the, this is the holiday. I, I, I grab, I grab the orange paint and the dead leaves. I start painting. Mm Mm-hmm. I start painting leaves. I paint. Uh, I paint pumpkins, even a brighter orange. Do you I, do those kindergarten drawings where you take your hand and trace it and make turkeys? Oh yeah, out that's, of them because those that's that's the best. That's the best one. I mean, do that. Get some construction paper, some glitter. I'm in heaven. So yeah, you you there's hand turkeys all over this place, all week long, just hand. Uh, crafting these decorations and putting them up yourself all over the studio lot. Is that, is that correct? Yep. I don't, I don't save any of them from the previous year. So it's all fresh, all new. We don't want it to be boring. We need dynamic Turkey displays and uh, listen, I'm, I'm all about it. And the live turkeys are arriving when? Um, you know, I got a guy, he's got to call me back. It's uh, they're, they're scarce this year. They're tough to get. I'm not sure why. I don't know. So uh, I might only be able to get about a hundred. Everything's held up in shipping this year. So yeah, shipping yeah. is just killing us. It's hard to buy a car yeah. right now. You can't buy electronics, and turkeys are just. Again, I might get a hundred for this the studio at lot. I, I don't know. That's 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 on the low end. So. That's, that's on the low end. Stick. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> if if this place isn't littered with wild turkeys, it's not Thanksgiving. It's not November. Not at all. It won't won't feel the same. But they're, yeah. you know, as long as you've got a guy and they're on a cargo plane somewhere, crates yeah. of turkeys. Crates coming. A, a la Temple of Doom, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's so, good. But get ready. Get ready. Well, and we've got a we've got a fun month, uh, you know, looking right uh, down the barrel here. We had a um, we had a really great time this Shocktober. We we looked at the fog. We did a little sidestep to look at Goldfinger with, we with did? our we did. We <laughs> no. felt like so long ago. <laughs> with our uh, special guest uh, John Kazempel, then we had a look back at Werewolf uh, from 1987 on Fox with our another special guest uh, uh, Jay Blake Fischera of Scored to Death. We had yet another special guest for a look back at Nightmare on Elm Street 2 when we had E.K. Wimmer from Laser Graves on the show and 
And that was a good time. What a show that one was. They're all great. All of our <laughs> guests, all of our special guests make every show. They do. We love they having do. our buds on. Uh, and then we took a look at Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers, and what a uh, kind of disaster of that the was. movie that was. But uh, any great of those show, can... though. Great show. Great show. A really fun time looking at all of those films for different reasons. And of course, you can hear those in the archives at www.reconsidimation.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. But now uh, we so we were here. What was it last weekend that we were we were at Reconsider Turkey Fest uh, 2021, which mm-hmm. is a, an annual event where we select the turkeys. Then they need to be prepped, and that's when they get shipped back to us. But we have a, a festival, and and we were talking about who has not appeared on this show. We're in season four. What yeah. names really haven't shown up? you know, often, or, or maybe they've come by once or not at all. Uh, Paul Rubin. Richard uh, Dreyfus. We, yeah, well, well, Dreyfus is intentionally banned <laughs> from the show. Besides Jaws. That's it. Maybe Moon Over Parador. Maybe we'll, we'll do that. There we go. Uh, but w- there was a big name that, that popped up in conversation. Houston, we have a problem. There's no crying in baseball! No crying! Oh. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. I don't know anything about Ryan. I don't care. Mr. T. Hanks. Tom Hanks? It's Tommy time. It's, it's Tom Hanks time. And of course, it goes perfectly with to Thanksgiving. Oh, here and we go. There it is. What a time. How did you do that? <laughs> there it is. So all month long, we're going to be looking at Tom Hanks films uh, some of which maybe have been forgotten over time, maybe for good reason. We'll see as we discuss it. And some are uh, maybe a more well-known one we'll throw in there too. So uh, so buckle up. It's going to be a wild ride with Mr. Hanks. And uh, before we get started here, I just want to, I, I want to dedicate this show to the memory of Peter Scolari, who recently passed away, uh, co-starred with Tom Hanks on Bosom Buddies, uh, worked with him on and off for years and uh there were friends all the way through close friends so uh peter scolari was a great great actor was on so many tv shows hilarious guy yeah new hearts uh he was on what girls was i think one of the most recent things that he did uh he i think he showed up on big love and and just kind of all over the place but um uh he'll be missed so we're going to dedicate this entry into thanksgiving to mr scolari so with that, that being said, what, what, what's first up? There's so many <clears throat> movies that we could talk about. I voted and we all agreed. It's time to look at the money pit. All yes. right. I think we've, I think I've mentioned this on the show. Uh, I think there's no way, no better way to start with Tom Hanks. I think, I think money pits it. This is like, he's already in a, he's got that forward momentum. He's building, he's building. He, he and it's, it's straight. Center of the eighties. This is this is the perfect place to start with Mr. T. Hanks. Yeah, it's definitely a good first quarter of his career. Yeah, movie to to look at, no doubt. Yeah, and of course, there's others that we could and probably will do, but this felt like a good uh, jumping off point. This is sort of um, in that yeah upward momentum sort of transition period for him, uh, but a really interesting film that 
I hadn't seen in a long time. In fact, I've only seen it rewatching it for this. This was only my second time seeing it. So Ooh. I'm still kind of feel like I've got fresh eyes on it, but, uh, but let's start with you, Brent. What's, what's your early memories? When do you see the money pit first? Uh, I saw this as a kid in my parents' bedroom. Oh, uh, watching it just uh, on video cassette, probably pretty close to after when it came out on VHS. Uh, and <clears throat> I remember liking it quite a bit as a kid. I thought it was pretty funny. I was a, already a pretty big Tom Hanks fan at this point. Like, I, I mean, I grew up in the days where Bosom Buddies was still like on TV. So I liked that. And then Splash was huge. And uh, I really enjoyed uh, The Man with One Red Shoe. So this was kind of like feeding in, into that a little bit. And uh, yeah. All right, David, uh, what about you? Did you see this back when it came out? You see it on video or, re- or more recently? I think I'll, no, it was on TV a lot when I was a kid. Um, what channel? WPIX 11. Oh, yes. The best channel. <laughs> New York. Um, yeah, no, I, I've seen this so many times as a kid on TV and watching it now, it's like there's, there is no reason to cut anything for TV unless you're cutting it for time. But it's a, you know, it's a, it's a solid like 89 minutes. Like yeah. <laughs> this is a quick movie. Um, and it was all there. I mean, I think I probably have seen the opening sequence maybe once, like the opening scene. Um, but after that, like it just, I have mem- memory, uh, memory after memory of seeing the same stuff because it's like it's a, it eventually just becomes a movie full of gags, and and stuff, and they just yeah, exactly. like, they boy they were just hitting the rhythm that I'm so familiar with, like just oh yeah I've, I. I could quote this or just even the noise, sometimes just noises I was anticipating. Um, So I'd seen it so many times. And I thought like the, I thought there was a bigger part of like their real actual like relationship and stuff like, which I remember being bored of, but it's like, it's like five total minutes. (laughs) It's sort of where they're just talking about being, you know, having trouble and whatever, but uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. A lot of time. So, but haven't seen it. I'd say in 25 years. So, oh, all right. Yeah, it's been a minute. I think that my parents rented this. This was a dad Friday night rental, probably 87, 88, somewhere in there. Uh, but I, I don't really, I never really remembered it. I must have drifted off from it for some reason. It didn't, you know, didn't uh, get my attention. GI Joe was probably calling my name. So uh, off I went there. And it just was one of those movies that completely dropped off my radar. I, yes, like I remember it being on TV all the time, but I never watched it. And it wasn't until, gosh, I think it was 20, we bought our house in 2010. And I think it was shortly thereafter was, uh, we bought definitely what you would call a fixer upper and (laughs) needed much, you know, a, a lot of repairs. And, and, uh, so my wife and I felt it was fitting to finally watch the money pit. So, uh, we did, and it was shocking how maybe not to the extremes that the, the money pit, uh, showed, but, uh, we definitely had some similar stuff going on and maybe even Auto, to this day. autobiographical and <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so that was the first, really the first time I sat down and watched it. Uh, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I, I thought it was funny. It wasn't, 
I, I it wasn't like as funny as I thought I expected it to be. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was like going to be on the floor laughing, you know, kind of deal. It wasn't quite that for me, but um, but we'll get into into why. <clears throat> the other thing I remember m- more that stuck out to me more as a kid was the poster. I love the poster mm-hmm. for this movie, and yeah, it's yeah. one of those that captures the tone right away. And just that one image of them sitting on the house, like, was perfect. Right. Like it, it very much uh, paralleled Overboard for me. Of yeah, that you get the vibe of the movie right from that image. So, right. yeah, I think any of the video store uh, generation would would probably agree with like it's a pretty iconic poster, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, someday we'll, we should maybe do a deep dive into the posters of the 80s, because I think those that decade really had the best cover art for whether it was the VHSs or the, you know, the movie, the posters uh, in, in theaters yeah. uh, as well. But, you know, I mean, we so could do many... a, we could do a whole podcast on Drew Struzan alone. Oh, don't don't even don't do it. Don't do it, Brent. I'll bust I'm... out my Struzan posters. <laughs> yeah, me too. I got they're all over my office. In fact. I know so I, I got a connection to, to Drew. So maybe Ooh. maybe we can do an extra spe- look at this. We're just I I also ahead. have a connection to Drew. He did a poster for one of the movies that I worked on. Right. So oh, Shark many, Tale Six. Many many a meeting with Drew. <laughs> Shark Tale Six. That was did it. You do Shark Tale Six back to the yeah. back to the ocean. Back to the car wash. Back to the car wash. That's right. <laughs> Solid. That was much better an improvement from four and five. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but uh, all right. So this is so let's let's switch gears back to Mr. Mr. Hanks. Um, just a quick little bio on him. He was born July 9th, 1956 in Concord, California. Uh, to his parents were a cook and a hospital worker. So sort of humble beginnings for for Tom. Uh, but his parents divorced and he kind of bounced around a lot of his childhood in between step families and never really felt like he connected or belonged anywhere. Um, he tried to take up acting in college, but he couldn't get cast in anything and just had a completely like unsuccessful run, uh, a theater run in college. Uh, afterwards he moves to Cleveland and he auditions for a play there and director takes a liking to him and finally kind of works his way in and starts his acting career and then pretty much quickly thereafter he starts showing up on tv and uh guest guest spots here and there but bosom buddies is is not far off so that's where i really that's that's the show that my first meeting of of tom hanks i think a lot of us will probably that's where we first uh saw him is that true for you guys yeah absolutely for sure i remember i remember bosom buddies i think i only watching it sort of on like daily reruns or like yes. weekend reruns i don't think i yeah. watched it in prime time or whatever i don't think i was old enough to just no. be watching prime time tv <clears throat> at the time so but like he and then it yeah there, and there's just this like couple years like of just it's just like oh that's the guy from 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 money pit or or watching money Pit, like oh, that's the guy from Buzz and buddies and then as time goes on and then there's bigger movies and then like big comes out and it's like oh my god like this guy is great um so like tom hanks just was like in there pretty early i think mm-hmm. for me um yeah. you know but i hadn't seen is it mazes and monsters is that is that the one that he did 
what's the one what's the one he did or, with or monsters and mazes something Mo- like that something yeah. like that yeah something like that i just recently watched that that's it, that made for tv movie how was that i don't think it, i've seen that it's not that great it's like <laughs> <laughs> you mean it's not excellent it's not excellent and it's <laughs> but i always knew he had done that uh and it's weird but it uh, you know uh but that's probably yeah yeah so uh, you know tom hanks i mean I, I i'll watch him in anything yeah like, it's pretty similar it's pretty similar story for me as well like I also don't think I caught it in prime time. I think I saw, I think it was hit, Bosom Buddies was definitely kind of an after school uh, show, you know, yeah. go home, Bosom Buddies, Punky Brewster, like they all kind of ran right around the same time. So saw that was definitely my first introduction to Tom Hanks. And then, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, Splash was obviously, you know, like that mm-hmm. was a, that was one that we watched quite a bit and, and I really, really liked man with one red shoe, mm-hmm. just the whole kind of mistaken identity kind of espionage spy kind of cloak and daggery type uh, thing going on with it was, was uh, I was a big fan of that one. Yeah. Um, I definitely like you guys would uh, caught bosom buddies on, it was probably WPIX uh, or WWOR, one of those um, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I remember being like in the evening, like five o'clock, some somewhere in there, sitting at, at the dinner table with grandma and watching mm-hmm. some bosom buddies. The theme, the theme song, the Billy Joel song. Oh, it's mm-hmm. just yeah, just great opening sequence that they don't do off as often anymore with TV shows that sums up everything in, in like what like 30, 40 seconds. Like the whole yeah. story, you know, yeah. gives you that whole picture that so if you missed every episode prior, you'd know right. exactly what's going on. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Miss those days. I don't need my hand held. <laughs> That's not what you said yesterday, David. <laughs> well, well, crossing the street is dangerous. <laughs> right, you're, you're right. Look especially at a, especially at like a five-way intersection. <laughs> it's intimidating. Um, <laughs> it but is. yeah, there you know, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari's chemistry together on that show was so great. It was a nice, lighthearted show content wise you know that may be tough these days i, I don't know how well that's aged uh, i think right you know some of the jokes yeah. are still probably funny but it's you know that's a tough sell you couldn't quite do that anymore but yeah um but it got you know got his career started he was definitely i would put him in the, the rising star category for the early 80s you know he he does that and he gets splash uh based off of bosom buddies essentially splash is a huge movie big success for for him, for John Candy, for Ron Howard and Daryl Hannah, like everybody sort of took a step up with that movie. Right. Then he goes straight, you know, continuing the comedy route. It's a while before we see him get into the dramatic stuff. So the whole early 80s is it's Bachelor Party. It's the man with one red shoe. It's volunteers. And then that leads into the money pit. So this is not the Tom Hanks that we know now. You know, Big was, uh, again, the movie that really put him up to the A-list, which is pretty soon after this. But uh, this is this is this is Tom Hanks, who's not a completely solid, reliable star yet, but he's on his way there. Right. He definitely hadn't hit his niche yet. I don't know. Like after rewatching this movie at this point, like like I do have fond memories of it as it as a kid. But, you know, my I've as we all have and and 
just moviegoers in general have evolved. Like this, this movie is kind of a one trick pony. Like, I don't know. He's, he's not really a character that you care about, you know, like, I feel like he's yelling 95% of the time in the movie and, you know, like him and Shelley Long are not really given a chance to really develop the characters enough to where you uh, can relate. And I think that's like where Tom Hanks is strongest as he starts, as his career starts to, to grow is like, you know, being in those characters where you're like, Oh, I empathize with that character. I relate to that character, you know? Uh, and, and this definitely is missing, missing that quite a bit. Like, I think, you know, obviously the biggest draw here is kind of the house and the gags and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of physical comedy in this one, oh, for yeah. sure. Right. It's, it's almost, God, I, I think this one more than his other 80s comedies is almost slapsticky, a little, just a little, little oh yeah, bit of it, right? Because there's just so much yeah. physical. This is a movie built on physical comedy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, no. yeah it, it's 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 all very familiar. Like that, that he can do physical comedy so well with like what he's trying to what he's pulling off. Like him just getting into that Rube Goldberg uh situation with the scaffolding on the mm. roof. And just and the, or just even the 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 bugs attacking him while he's out in the by the tree, and just you know, and it's just it's very it's so Hanksy, it's so it's so Hanks, like you, you know, um, so he's a great physical actor, but he doesn't. It's not like he's he's not like I don't know, he's not like a Jim Carrey kind of physical. Like he, he's no. just, but he has his own signature to how he reacts to like reacts to things and and has to deal with things, and it's. You know, there's there's something about Tom Hanks. He, I, there's some there's he's so unique. Like, you know, like he's there's not you know, and, and there's a lot of great actors and actresses out there, but a lot of times you can kind of you can kind of replace them, right? Like, they're who do you who do you who can you swap in for Tom Hanks? You really can't. There's like no one. It's like trying to like who could you swap Meryl Streep with? Like, you really can't. Really, you know. He's, He's so relatable. That's the thing. Is like there's a huge difference between a guy like Tom Hanks and a guy like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's so over the top and kind of ridiculous in his physical comedy, and that's where the humor is. But Hanks is like your everyman. Like he 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 doesn't necessarily look like a movie star. You know, he looks kind of like your neighbor. You know, he could live in your neighborhood. Um, And I think that's part of the attraction to him is is his charm and his kind of uh, every man sort of quality uh, and he's and in real life it's the same like he's very low-key I've had the the pleasure of working with him once and he was just very very quote-unquote normal you know yeah. he doesn't even have that energy of like oh when he walks in the room I mean he does but like it's different than than other celebrities that yeah um, you're just sort of like he just walked in our production office one day on the, on the project I was on and he asked for where the coffee was. That was, that was it. And he just went and made himself a cup of coffee and sat in the kitchen and drank it and was waiting for a meeting and, and just very, you know, he sat on the couch in our office and just chit chatted like a, any other person. It was, uh, yeah. a, it was really refreshing. That's and then cool. he demanded the show be shut down because the coffee was shit. <laughs> he splashed it in my face and <laughs> I, I, I had the pleasure to meet him as well very briefly while I um while he was was working in with the Wachowskis uh on a project and he was they were in post for Cloud Atlas that he was in. And he happened to be at the studio 
and it was a small very tiny group of people like talking to him and it was like everyone was sort of taking turns to just kind of go and saying hi to him and like <laughs> the production designer was like all right you better go over now <laughs> like oh, okay and i kind of just wanted to leave him alone but i i you know i just wanted to at least be around the group and i he know he knows and and i think a lot of hollywood folks understand like sort of the the uh the attention they bring so as i sort of approached they there's a group talking and they all everyone but him sort of pay attention to me suddenly i'm approaching so then this group that's having a conversation with him all go dead silent and i was just sort of like heading toward the fridge of in the kitchen where everyone was and i sort of notice him and he and he just so it's now it's dead silent and he just goes hi i'm tom and he just reaches out with his hand like oh hi i'm david nice to meet you nice to meet you and then there would have been like my turn to just say something but then i just kind of continued and grabbed a water because i'm like well i'll just let this is me can i get the milk yeah like i'll just let the conversation continue but everyone was looking like everyone was looking at me like here's your shot just say something to you know like you've interrupted like what are you going to say to him i could have just said anything nice to like anything and i just i said it was i would just said nothing <laughs> like <laughs> and it was like well okay now we'll move on and so i stood there for a couple minutes in the circle but then but he was just the nicest guy he was just he knew how weird it was for me to meet him and he was like hi i'm tom all right like and you know so uh what a nice guy <laughs> Yeah. You didn't. You didn't just hug him, and that long, that long extended hug. Where I should have let go. Yeah, I should have. It's and good you just to whisper, hear that. Thank it's you good. in his ear. Oh. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, it's good to hear that because you know sometimes you hear about celebrities that you look up to that you have yeah. kind of this impression of, and it's not that. And it's yeah. nice. It's nice when it does happen because, you know, like, I mean, growing up in the nineties, like obviously Tom Hanks is a pretty big recognizable star from that time. And so it's, it's good. It's good to know. I have not met him, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm glad to hear he's, he's kind of down to earth and, and nice and treats people well. And if I, if I meet everyone else in Hollywood, I think, I think I would always just say like Tom Hanks is like, that's, he's the, that's, he's the biggest person I would have met like ever. I don't know. I just, that's how he is for me. Like, yeah. I mean, there's obviously humongous names in this business, but know, it's like, how do you get bigger than Tom Hanks? Sort of, you know, I know yeah. he's not like, he's not, it's like, like, and so like Tom Cruise is a different kind of big name, right? Because Tom Cruise mm -hmm. is just in gigantic, humongous money blockbuster things. And he's a good actor and he's, he's Tom Cruise. But I think, I think it would always just be like, even if I met Tom Cruise and uh, he's supposedly amazing and, and pretty cool and down to earth too. I think I'd probably just always point to like just Tom Hanks. Like he's the biggest for me, the biggest guy I'll ever meet in Hollywood. Yeah. Well, Brent, you're going to meet him shortly because he said, he sent me a text that said, as soon as you guys are done recording, I'm coming over to the studio. So awesome. he, you know, he was, he wants to let us talk about the money pit and some other films this he month. Want... And he's going to come live in the studio as soon as we're off air. He doesn't want to have turkey <laughs> and and chocolate from boxes. We'll, we'll have a personalized to Thanksgiving. To Thanksgiving. <laughs> Just weird. He doesn't want to be on the show, but he'll come over. Did, did you, you let him know that similar to Money Pit, we have 
Rube Goldberg the office so that we can have his turkey fly from the oven into the master suite bathroom into a bucket just to reenact that whole thing. Yeah, he knows he knows something's happening, but he wants to be surprised. So cool. This is gonna be great. Can't wait. (laughs) That's awesome surprise, guys. Uh, so let's talk about the other half of this uh, cast here. Uh, Shelly Long. Hey. So were you guys, t- I remember her just being, because of Cheers, she was just such a huge, huge, that was a big name to me at the time. Almost yeah. uh, at, like Tom Hanks was. It was, uh, she was a huge name. And also, you know, her career was really taken off at that point. She may have been a bigger name to me when this came out than Tom mm-hmm. Hanks was, honestly, because Cheers sense. was on everything. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, it was it was like the number one show for many, many years right during this time. I, I At least that's how I recall it. Oh, yeah, my, yeah. I think it's the fourth my, season yeah. or so when, at this point. Well, yeah, Cheers, Cheers was, it started mm-hmm. in 82, and I think it was one of those shows that, was almost canceled after the first season, but then the second, you know, it barely got a second season and then it took off and people yeah. caught on onto it. So that would have been 83. This is shot in 85. So, um, yeah, so she's, you know, probably one of the top stars on TV at the time. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Like that. I never, I had never seen her in films. I had never seen, and she's in, you know, legitimate like movies yeah, yeah. i i always for just sure. thought she was jolly long from cheers for so long and then like she was in the money pit <laughs> like that was for the long time that was all i really knew of her um and but boy i was like you know i loved her from cheers I, I, that's that everyone if anyone asked me like what was your favorite show growing up you know it's you know you know as a kid you'd probably name a cartoon show or something like that right but i cheers is it that's that's the number one like that's uh so yeah i'll when, watch shelly when did she leave because that, like that was the whole thing of I, I don't think we you know because we were so young i don't think we knew all the ins and outs of it that, that it may have come out later but you know as the show got bigger she had a lot of uh, there's a lot of conflict between Shelley and the rest of the cast. It sounded like, and then she eventually left the show. Had she had left by this point? I don't think so. I think she was still on another year or two. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was through season five, but it might be season four. Because Kirstie Alley, it's comes pretty in to close. Her. It's pretty close to right around now because also she has a bunch of like after Money Pit, she's got Outrageous Fortune, which was a another you know kind of big. Mm-hmm. comedy that came up around that time hello again troop beverly hills you know like all these are kind of like hitting you know yeah, she, right around the same time yeah yeah she left after the fifth season so the fifth okay. season was her last yeah which was 87. when what 87. 87 yeah yeah okay so yeah a year after this she's gone but and she had done like you said david she had done films prior to this she did night shift she was in losing it irreconcilable right. differences so she is everywhere, but definitely that TV star transitioning into film and uh, I think was really on the, the cusp of her film career. And, and that, that went all the way really in, into the 90s with the Brady Bunch movies. She's so great in those. Oh, yeah. Um, again, like, you know, another actress who I, I think at the time was relatable. She didn't have that energy of being sort of 
a different level of, uh, I don't know. I think they were a good match for each other that they, they looked like a reg and felt like a regular couple. Like you could believe them as, as actors and as characters. And sometimes when actors are miscast, it's like really, it's hard to get into a film if, if that right actor isn't in that spot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they felt more human, more approachable, right? Mm -hmm. Like again, more relatable, even though, I mean, in this movie, I don't know the character, their characters in this movie are really like superficial, right? Like there's again, not a lot going on there. So, but for sure, like as, as actors and, and, and everything moving forward as people recognizable faces, I think audiences were relating to them and, and the things that they were seeing them in. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I always forget how good of a comedic actress she is. Like, obviously, like with in Cheers, I mean, it's like the writing is so superb that, you know, everybody shines. Um, right. But then her to like, and I always just associate her with a sort of a Diane Chambers type character, a little like high strung, a little hoity toity, all that. And just to see, just to, to watch this movie and just see her sort of as a, she, you know, she's a violinist, like she's a first chair violinist. She's like, she's, she's refined in some way with, 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 but then also she just has, you know, she's a divorcee and she's got sort of this weird relationship with her ex and, um, and then she's got to deal with the house, but she's not so put upon. Like she, you'd think like she'd be that put upon character, but she's like, and, but she's like, I'm a quitter, I'm a quitter, but I'm not quitting this house. We're going to get this done. And then it just like, just her and Tom are just so good in reacting to all the, these gags without it being over the top. That's the thing. It is. It's all very whimsical. It's not exactly laugh out loud funny. There's there's bits there that are that will make you chuckle, and it's funny, um, but it's not it's not played too hard. Like you know, it's not like Three Stooges physical comedy. Like people getting necessarily hurt, you know, but it's played for laughs or something. I don't know. So, but she, I I just was so I just really liked her performance watching her in this uh, with that uh, with just that that type of character because I, I i think i always just assume she's diane and she's not i mean she's everything Shelley. she does she's shelly yeah i like to low again i rented that on purpose just and and that's the movie that taught me that unicorns aren't real <laughs> i was like eight years old and i thought unicorns are a real thing i didn't see one that's in real life funny. why would i think they're fantasy they look I like horses I like that you caveat that I rented that on purpose. Do you often rent things by mistake? <laughs> but like I, I sought it out, you know, I it wasn't see, like I, I, I wasn't like, oh, maybe I should rent this. It was Whoops. like, I, I think I was like, I want to I want to see that you got you got home from work with your bag. You threw your bag down. You threw your keys at somebody. Yeah. And I, said, I need hello again now. <laughs> I think Stat. I was eight. I think I was eight at the time but still same i want to see a shelly long movie and oh she's dead like cool sci-fi <laughs> is is hello again is like it's kind of one of those like she's a a ghost that's she's still a, around her or what what what's the premise of hello again i mean i, I think it's something like that yeah she's she dies her sister is right, some sort like of weird medium and then she she might be trying to solve her own murder in a sense or her own death and then I don't know. I don't even know if she comes alive. Does she get reborn? That's why it's hello again. I don't remember. There were so many movies that like kind of a similar, like kind of. Yeah. She might've been reincarnated or no, or her sister brings her back to life or something. I think that's something that happens. Yeah. There's hello like, hello again. There's that's a, right. like 
a tarot card reading thing and yeah. going on in there. And it's like maybe, her sister or her friend. And I think like made her like kind of gypsy ish. So it's a little, you know, it's like ghost, except she's Patrick Swayze. <laughs> she's yeah. Patrick Swayze. But I, I, I felt like it was, it's, 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 it was it's one of those 80s things of weird in- reincarnation things body switching things <laughs> oh like kinda. what like vice versa and like mm-hmm. father like son one of those yeah. deals yeah like, oh, okay i thought it was like a heaven can wait or like one of those like right well what's that is that the one with what's the one with downey one? and civil shepherd that, that is uh only he, you is that what it's only, only you sounds he's right. like a re yeah. he's her reincarnated husband or something now i gotta look it up <laughs> forget it there's I, so many there's like I, I thought the one with robert downey jr was is that the one where it's like a group of them that are oh is it <laughs> chances are chances chances are. are there you go all right well let's talk about um there's a lot of of heavyweights involved with this movie uh beyond the two two actors you've got richard benjamin who maybe isn't a household name and most people would recognize his face from the the film Westworld, the original film. Um, he, you know, was was famous from that, but also was a big director. At this point, he directed My Favorite Year, Racing with the Moon, and City Heat, which was a Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds uh, movie, which two huge names at the time uh, coming into this. But listen, listen to this lineup. The film's written by David Geiler, who we've talked about on this show. Uh, before but he you know himself had written the parallax view which we're definitely going to cover fun with dick and jane southern comfort but the big thing is he's one of the producers of the alien franchise Mm. so that content is sort of all over the place he also produced uh the the driver so you know he's involved with walter hill uh in the early days um but you know that's a that's a big name, and to think that he's involved with aliens and the money pit at the same time. Like, right? Can, can you have more polar opposite movies? Keeping it balanced. Let's just switch around some of those actors. What if Tom Hanks was in Aliens with Sigourney Weaver? What if he was the Paul Reiser character? Oh, I don't know. He's too likable. He's too likable. I'd hate that. Oh, what if he has to Lance, be Lance Henriksen's character? Yeah, maybe that, <laughs> or 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 Bill Paxton or Michael Bean, one of those. Could you imagine? Game over, man. Like that's <laughs> that line would be completely different. Yeah, or Sigourney jumps over to Money Pit. I, I'd buy that. I'd buy that actually. Sigourney in the Money Pit, yeah. Oh, I like that. Had Ghostbusters yeah. been done yet? Oh yeah, yeah. This is about two years after Ghostbusters. Yeah, then all right. All right, I'll buy it. Um, but but listen to these other these you know small names that maybe we've never heard of before. Steven Spielberg, anybody? What? what? Who's heard Who? that name before? Who's that guy? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, executive... that's my that's my Tom Hanks meeting. That's who <laughs> that's who I met, and it was an awkward conversation. Oh yeah, ah. do tell. Yeah, well, I mean, it was more like, "Can I get you a diet coke, sir?" <laughs> It's oh, really? very early on in my career. Uh-huh. He came for a, a screening, one of the, the films we were doing. And, uh, you know, I was a PA running around, opening doors and grabbing sodas. That was, nice. that was did basically you, it. Did you give it to him with a paper towel or a napkin wrapped around it? So he didn't, his fingers didn't get cold? I did give him a napkin so that 
he did not get condensation all over himself. Okay, good. You, you didn't wrap your screenplay around it and say, here, <laughs> this is your Diet Coke, sir. <laughs> that would be how Seems awkward. Seems heavy. Seems <laughs> like a thick, maybe a 90-page uh, napkin. Yep. It's just Extra absorbent. <laughs> you, you take that napkin home. My name's on the cover. Give me a call. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Spielberg, you know, we've talked about, uh, I think we've previously talked about the Spielberg produced movies of the of the 80s. And this is another one, uh, you know, like Gremlins and Goonies that he's gotten involvement in his name is on it. And that lends a huge amount of weight and, um, you know, boosts the status up for sure. And with him, of course, comes Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall as the more of the line producers on the film and they were god i mean they're still i don't know if frank marshall's still with him but kennedy is still involved with a lot of his stuff right yeah, so I guess so well, yeah. i mean well she's with the disney side of things right yeah i guess they may have sort of like veered away from each other at this point but uh yeah i mean kind of a legendary producing team yeah, um, that was the early days of Amblin and and everything that 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 which eventually you know spawned DreamWorks and so many other you know projects from that. But uh, and and uh, we'll talk about the cinematographer who it's Gordon Willis who shot The Godfather. Hey, pretty it's heavy crazy stuff. Yeah, wow. the person. Like a- the, the brilliant cinematographer who shot The Godfather also shot The Money Pit. You wouldn't necessarily, like, you wouldn't know that by looking at it, but once you see it, you know, it's, uh, it's a high level of, of big talent in this project. Well, how well shot was The Money Pit, right? Pretty good. Yeah. Great shot. Yeah, it's not, you know, it's not as complicated visually as The Godfather is no. or was. Uh, you know, this is much more about capturing the gags. So it's not so much about, you know, the style of it all. It's just, you know, you need to make sure you get the gag right. So yeah. uh, different style of cinematography for, for more physical comedy than your straight dramas. Now, all right. So that's who's involved with it. Let's talk about the plot. Um, David, can you just, you want to sum up the plot and what's happening in this movie? This couple, played by Tom Hanks and Shelley Long, uh, they're they're in the we just we join them in the midst of their relationship, where suddenly where they live in her ex's apartment uh, it, it is no it is no more. They're going to be homeless on the streets. So now they have to devise a way to find a place to live, and uh, you know they 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 find they find a super super cheap very very large house in new york that they do some finagling so they can invest their money in and uh and and maybe build a life together and then it turns out boy this is going to be a a lot more expensive than they thought and gags and and all sorts of crazy things happen while they they have put all of their life savings into this money pit yeah, he's uh, what's his job? He's like a uh, is he like a tax like accountant like a, or something? He's a lawyer of but by trade, which led him to representing entertainment acts. 
right? Yeah, like he, he demands that scene where he demands money from that child, you know, yeah. celebrity is yeah, kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like that. I forgot about that scene. It was so yeah. weird. Like it's just, like, it's like I'm going to Benny. Like I'm going right to the top on this. Like <laughs> it's just like, and it's he in the universe of that movie. He is like the number one recording artist or something, probably. Yeah. Uh, and uh is he, he an he, a- wait he's an actor or a singer that kid uh i think i think he's supposed to be a singer yeah i think i, I, think, I think he's a musical act so. yeah all i know is he's got he's got armed henchmen yeah yeah armed henchmen that's how big and popular he is and his mother is his maid yeah yeah <laughs> she's wearing a maid's uniform <laughs> like that's what he does so uh yeah like as there's weird little like moments of that like just some weird little random comedy that uh that that helps make it like give add to the charm of the movie I think. yeah yeah it almost yeah. feels like sort of add-ons that they that came later you know yeah. like outside of the plot but the, yeah i can uh, see that yeah so he he needs this so that his he's got another like investor friend who who turns him on to this real estate deal with this million dollar home uh, is, is on the market for $200,000. So he's got to get that money. And, and that seems, you know, they visit the house and uh, Maureen Stapleton, who's a, a amazing actress uh, plays the, the homeowner who uh, needs to sell her house quick because her husband is, has been arrested. Right. Carlos, yes. right? Yes. That, yes. Uh, and she, you know, they're trying to just get out of there. And uh, yeah. so she needs to sell the house fast, but he doesn't see any warning signs. Neither of them uh, see the warning signs in this sale. And they're kind of duped by all the sort of set dressing in the house as they come into it and don't really get a good look at it. Nor do they do an inspection, which yeah. isn't that a normal thing when you buy a house? I would think so, right? Yeah. Yeah, you uh, never want to buy a house without an inspection. So especially when it's too good to be true. Like right, you know, exactly. Like it should be in a million it should be at least a million something house and they're getting it for two hundred thousand. Yeah. That they sort of pay cash for. <laughs> like, yeah, they do. So yikes. And then boy, problems arise immediately. Immediately. Yeah, and, and this is where we get into the, the physical comedy of it all, because it's it's a you know it is about their relationship and them uh they're engaged right that uh they're they're building their life together and one of the hardest things to do with with your partner is that the two hardest things are buying a house and having children and you you, you know some it's one of the other is going to happen first and here it's buying the house and uh What's the first thing that breaks in the house? Is it the step on the stairs? Uh, is it or the door falls or the, off the hinges? Or the front? The I don't door. think it falls. Yeah, the, the door is pretty early on. It all happens fast and it just escalates. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, I can't yeah. recall exactly which one is first, but once it starts, yeah. all bets are oh, off. Yeah. The, I think I, the, the door kind of has a small pitch and then the, the step we know about and then he fixes the step and then the stairs go crazy uh that's that's my favorite leaks. sequence too is the stairs like, yeah stairs. yeah it's really good like, you know, he fixes one and another breaks and, and that's a great shot of him like 
what is it? It's when she she's upstairs and she opens the dumb waiter and it's got the the raccoon, the raccoon, yeah, yeah, who's living in there and that attacks her, and he's trying to run up the stairs to get to there, and the whole thing starts rocking and just completely comes apart. Yeah, like, great scene. It yeah, it's great gag, great stunt. It's a lot of like it, it doesn't even make sense. Like it doesn't look like anything's held together at all. Like, yeah. So it goes from being stiff, the st- and then just everything falling off like they were just placed there uh and uh yeah so you have yeah, the, like yeah there was lots of trouble with the door uh first falling off its hinges and then falling out of the frame like or the frame itself like mm-hmm. falls out uh what you got a leaky roof that night the leaky roof the uh the gunk what is that oh, stuff in the in the yeah, pipes the pipes are disgusting turns the bath on yeah oh gross uh, <laughs> um so, you know, problems they could sort of deal with, maybe. Eh. Well, and that's how it goes with, with home ownership is, is, you know, there's one thing, you fix that, and then something else happens, or maybe two things happen. It depends how old your house is. And uh, yeah, it's just like one thing after another and uh, very much mirroring moving into a new house and finding out all its quirks because every house has that. I love that scene that you you mentioned earlier of him being attacked by the bees outside, and mm-hmm. it's sort of being paralleled with the the violin music. That's yeah. the, the score yeah. is like he's kind of dancing perfectly to it. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, it's it was shorter than I remembered, but it was great. The uh, and the uh, let's see, Shelley Long's ex husband in the film is played by Alexander Gutnoff. You're a big who, fan. Who's been on the show before? Yes, with Die Hard. That's right. What an absolutely opposite character. Yeah, yeah. this this one is from from his Die Hard character. Yeah, he's so like, he's just so different. Like he's not. Um, I don't know. He's he's just a completely different character. He's so the opposite of a tough guy. Yeah, he's great in this. By the way, yeah, like I think I think funny. of the of the characters. Uh, I may like him the most just (laughs) he seems the most fleshed out like you know exactly what he's all about he's very like self-centered and whatever and Mm -hmm. it's just like it carries through the entire the entire movie you know yeah him him scolding the uh the you know the orchestra when he he comes back his first scene in is hilarious (laughs) and what what else was he in I I feel like there was one or two other big movies that he was in um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but unfortunately, he passed away in uh, in the '90s, right? Hasn't he's been gone for a little while? He passed away in '95. Yeah, uh, he, he was, was a ballet a f- dancer too. Right, yeah. right. I mean, and he was he was in a few other things, but not not a whole lot that really stands out. He was in Witness, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, that's Witness, another, that was it. Yeah, yeah, another mm-hmm. big one. Uh, but then North, I don't know if you guys remember that one or not. It was kind of a. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it was a bit of a miss, but. Um, well, yet was, another Amish role. Yeah. Expectations of it being a bigger hit than it was. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. And you've got some other familiar faces. You've got Joe Montana showing up very early in his yeah. career. Montana, Yakov Shmirnov. Yakov Shmirnov. Oh my God. We we've what is it? Moscow on the Hudson. We've gotta gotta look at that. 
Absolutely. It, it's just fun. And like, Yakov Shmiradov, like, just he's in the movie for what, like 90 seconds? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just, I know one scene. Yeah. And he's, he plays it pretty straight. Like, you know, I know he's a comedic actor and he plays, I mean, I don't know, but he's, yeah. It's he's just not funny. as over the top as he, you'd see him later on. Yeah. So he just, whatever, whatever happened to him? He, he, he lives, I think, in Minnesota or, wisconsin or something he has a comedy club there he plays there he's he's doing shows there all the time I forget where he is but he he lives in middle america somewhere um hmm. bring time for a comeback bring him back let's go i, mean, I think he's happy with what he does yeah there. i think i think he he hung him up and he's pretty pretty stoked with this situation right yeah i think he just does whatever he likes he's like yeah he i don't remember uh but he's 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 fine. He doesn't need a big. He doesn't need a big role. He's fine. He's fine. He don't. You know, let him do what he wants. <laughs> I mean, if he showed up in Knives Out too, that would be great. Like, it would be and, amazing. And reintroducing Yakov Shmirnov. like that would be pretty yeah. rad. No one would be <laughs> mad at that. No one would yeah. be mad at that at all. <laughs> That's what it should be. There should be a reintroducing credit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. To bring when you back when you dust somebody off, you know, dust the moth mothballs off of them, then uh, yeah. To get that re and reintroducing, yeah, exactly. Like Yahoo Serious, that's a man who should come back. Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Yep, yep. The world demands it. I'm, I'm trying to remember what was the Einstein movie he was young, in. It's Young Einstein. Isn't young it? Einstein. Yeah. The beginning. He's like a rock and he's like a rock and roll Einstein. Yeah. The yeah, beginning and the true. end of Yahoo Serious. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's not in this movie. <laughs> um, the Money Pits also that I didn't realize it was a remake of a Cary Grant film. Oh. Uh, Mr. Mr. Blandings builds his dream house in 1948, which is actually based on a novel uh, by Eric Hodgins. Uh, I, I now I kind of want to check that out and see if it how it compares to the Hanks version. Mm, yeah. If it's as, you know, big and physical comedy as, you know, a lot of you know, those comedies of the forties were, uh, let's see if it holds up. Hmm. But was Cary Grant in those? Like, no, he was, no, he was in comedies, but he wasn't so physical. He's not so much the physical slapsticky guy. Yeah. Like if you want to throw like, I don't know, a, like a Laurel and Hardy Abbott and Costello type. Oh I yeah. Get into that. I'm sure you know. they had shorts that were uh, the money pit. I'm, sh I'm, oh, I'm yeah, sure they were. I bet. I, I like how they create this sense of the house sort of being almost like a monster in itself. You know, the, like the house is like the shark in Jaws or the xenomorph, you know, or the predator or something that sure. it's like everywhere you turn, this thing is there and it's going to cause disaster and chaos. Well, yeah, yeah, it's even got its own like growls and gurgles and all sorts of noises it yeah. makes when it's getting angry and about to do something that is going to set off a chain reaction of some sort i would i would be afraid if i were them every night i would live in fear of what the hell is going to happen you know the bathtub falling i love that that scene where the bathtub falls through the floor Ugh. and and hanks's reaction to it where he sort of like loses his mind a little bit and the way he laughs is uh, you know, they would use that. The studio would use that in all their promotional material for probably to this day. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I think when uh when AOL became a thing and you could go online and you can download wave files of stuff and it's like, "Oh, I can get clips from my favorite shows and movies or whatever and they'd be humongous dot wave files." I had that that laugh track. That laugh was one of the ones I Oh, really? I that love that. startup sound. I at one point I think I used it as a startup <laughs> sound. So it would take forever to load the the actual windows that's hilarious at a certain point but i just loved it it was so funny you should Uh, have that as your ringtone i could i should i could just on a loop that laugh i just set an alarm have it go off every 20 minutes (laughs) yeah that's uh i think that'd work that's fine with me Um, that's funny yeah there's just so many there's so many good gags and the and the uh statue in the in the the, like (laughs) pool that's you know, the little boy peeing, that's a famous statue, but like, is it peeing like right on his head at one in point? One, in one I, scene, yeah. Yeah, when, yeah, he, when, he, when he ends in. up in the fountain. Yeah. yeah. But using that to like fill up their water, their bathtub every day. And mm-hmm. It's only coming from there. I, I also love the scene where he, where Tom like falls into the floor and he's stuck, you know, halfway. <laughs> yeah. Know he, yeah, he's counting his money and then falls and then he looks around and realizes and he just keeps counting. Like yeah. he just goes back to He's counting. got such good physical comedy with his hands there. Yeah. It's like I don't know, it's really well done. And then when Shelley Long returns to the house and can't find him. Right. It's just it's just good banter between the two of them. Yeah, see there's there's lots of nice little elements to this movie. It's just so fun. Yeah. It's not it isn't like a laugh out loud funny movie. Right, but it's funny consistently all the way through, and sometimes I'm I'm more okay with that, you know. Right, like I want. Sometimes I'm in the mood for just a steady, a steady, mild laugh the whole time, versus the peaks and valleys of the uh, Ace Venturas and you know mm-hmm. that, that like Jim Carrey kind of style. Yeah, it it's not trying. It's not trying too hard. Like it's, yeah. it's like it's 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 got it's got its beats and the beats are by design yeah instead of uh you know trying to but the thing like the thing is it does grow it does it gets from one point of it being like a little these minor nuisances to like crazy things upstairs and all that and then when the the, the construction crew comes like out of straight out of uh uh, Mad Max or whatever, you know, like just coming and they tear the house apart in that first day. Oh my God, that's hysterical to me. I just love it. like they're just it's a bunch of circus freaks essentially. Yeah. Is the is the crew? I mean, it's uh, it's just this huge exaggeration of like of I don't know what what would go into like you know this is such an eighties thing home home ownership fixing up fixer uppers you know like. You know, in that in the 80s, like everyone wanted to be like everyone was doing what their parents did the previous generation where home ownership was sort of easy and all those homes were new and and, you know, and and, and cheap, you know, in a sense. And then in the 80s, it's like, well, you still got to live that American dream. You got to get a house, get property, get, 
you know, and well, everything's a fixer upper. And then the people who can fix you up, you, you never, you can't, you can't trust them. You don't know how to trust them. They're, they're all a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> well, to, to this day, I mean, that holds true of when you're interviewing contractors, like you never really know what you're going to get till they show up and start doing the work. Yeah. yeah. It's pay half. Now we'll pay the other half when yeah. the work's done. Right. And I take off and you never see me. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I think they say it's going to take them two weeks, right, to fix yeah. the house up and then cut to four oh, months yeah. later. And two weeks, two they're weeks. They're all over weeks. everything. Yeah. It's, the, it's, the, it's the most repeated line in the movie, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. For sure. The uh, kind of all leads to, well, let's talk about the, the, the love, not triangle, but the love story side of it, the dramatic side of it, of whether or not, you know, Shelley Long has an affair with Alexander Gutenhoff and that goes back and forth and they sort of split up and then kind of reunite at the end of the movie when it comes out after that she didn't actually sleep with uh, with Gutenhoff. So, um, right. You know, that brings some heart to it. It doesn't because she still ends up at his place in a state where she doesn't remember if she slept with him or didn't. That is and that true. to me. That to me is like, okay, so she didn't sleep with him, but why are you putting yourself in that? Like, why is she in that situation? Cause didn't she, she go, she went to like sell the painting to him. Right. And then to, so they, they she the, was selling a painting back to him that he, that was from their marriage. And then they just like had dinner and, yeah, but I see what you're saying because one I, thing I led to that, another. You know, like, yeah, I feel like, you know, I feel like if you're in a relationship with somebody, you probably shouldn't be going out to eat and having so many drinks that you don't remember what's happening. You know what I mean? Like, I just like that's a yeah. that's that's a lot. I would still think, you know, I'd question that whole situation. Yeah, I think you're right there. Sure. But I mean, like, you know, then uh, Tom, Tom Hanks couldn't reach her and like immediately just sort of suspects that she sl- she slept with him. Like right. it was the first question out of his mouth. <laughs> like, Did you sleep with Max? Like, uh, like, and, but he had he had a reason because he said like he called and couldn't reach her. So she knew he knew she wasn't in the house. So we don't see that side of it. He just but when we see him, he's immediately accusing her. So it doesn't create a lot of drama. It just creates uh, just a conflict. Like they don't, you know, there's. Right. Uh, right. Um, so, you know, well, to keep it's it just light. like, yeah, it's just like the quick. Again, like there's not a lot of character development. And if you don't have the character development, I don't think you can take the long way to that, to that situation. Like you've got to cut the corners and just have yeah. it go from one to the next. And I think yeah. that's part of why after rewatching, I'm not as big a fan anymore is because like, honestly, like Tom Hanks is just yelling and he's just like angry and accusational. And Shelley Long is just kind of like, I don't know, aloof or doesn't really like care about the fact that she, yeah, I, I don't know. There's just like certain things where it's like, all right, if we're going to watch this as a straight comedy, cool. We can let all that stuff slide. But then at the same point, like, I do think that the gag gets a little monotonous, you know, like yeah, it continues to build. It continues to build, but it's like rinse, repeat. Like it's, oh, it's another house problem. It's another house problem. And, mm-hmm. and they're different set pieces, but it's all kind of very similar. You know, it just seems really repetitive to me in, in a lot of cases. Like, I don't know. 
Well, I, I think in that respect, it, it's good that this movie is so short. Sure. You know, if this got stretched into a two-hour movie, for for I think for a lot of people, it just it would have been too much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like you said, it was what? What did you say, David? Eighty-nine minutes. I mean, I I feel like something it's, like it's yeah. eighty-nine or ninety. I mean, 90, yeah. 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 Which which makes it totally palatable, but like I also feel like. Once you've seen it, I think it makes sense to not see it again for a long time because, you know, like it, it loses, I, I feel like it loses its its uh, footing as like a repeat watcher, you know, mm-hmm. like there's just not enough depth to it to to make it something that you, you go back to quite a bit. Right. But But every so often, like David, you said you hadn't seen it in 15 years or so, you know, like rewatching it where it's almost like the first time again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you get a kick out of it, but it's, I don't know. Like it, it, there's not a whole lot of heart. There's a little bit of humor. It's kind of the same gag over and over again, but the characters aren't anything that we can like really relate to. So it, it makes it, you know, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. Right. No, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And then you get your kind of predictable ending, your happy ending or everything does end up sort of working out for them. I had in my memory, and I don't know where it came from, that the whole house like collapsed after the wedding. Like the like whole collapsed in on itself. Yeah, yeah. Why do that, I feel I like swore that... that was the ending? It's just the poster. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Apparently, I created my own ending here. It does but... feel like that existed at one point. Maybe there was an alternate ending. Maybe the first time I saw it ten years ago or whatever was the uh... TV edit. The TV had it. Could be. They used to do that, right? Like they yeah. throw like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but um, uh so all right, when you think about feel good movies of the eighties, which there were a plethora of, does this rank up on the higher end, sort of the middle or the lower lower tier for you guys? Um I'll I'll go first while you guys are thinking. For me, it's sort of in the middle of the pack because like it doesn't have as much heart as an overboard, which I'm a huge, huge fan of. We all know why, Kurt Russell. Uh, of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, but it's not as, I don't know, Better Off Dead is also like a, one of my ultimate favorites of the 80s and, and Ferris Bueller. Like it's not as well constructed as those or wa- as wacky as Better Off Dead. Um, I don't know. So to me, it's it's like good. I enjoy it. I have fun with it. Um, I don't take it too seriously. So it kind of falls like right in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I'm. Kind of, I guess I think that's probably where I'm at with it. With it, I, I think it's got a lot. It's got a lot going for it. Even though it might sort of fall as sort of something worth repeat viewing. Like it's people don't talk about the money pit. You know, people aren't aren't you know. There's there's no new generation finding it, you know. It's no, it's, no. Um, but it's it's respectable. I think it's a respectable outing for, you know, uh, it, it it barely registers as like a ro- romantic comedy of any any sort or any mm-hmm. kind of you know. It's just a, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you, like sort of right in the middle with it. You can take it or leave it kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of more on the leave it side. Like, I mean, I you know, like I said, I think seeing it once every 
decade and a half is probably <laughs> right where it needs to be. Like it lives with like yeah. funny farm, you know, like it's yeah. one of those kind of movies oh. where it's like, you know, like I'm not, that I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to go out of my way to try and like spend time watching this movie. But if I'm flipping through and somehow randomly land on a funny part, like I'll probably be, Oh yeah, let's watch this scene for a second. But yeah, sure. You know, it's not, it's, it, I'm, it's not like endeared to me in any way. You know, one thing I was thinking about watching at this time was, you know, who else I'd put in this movie. And I wonder if this, uh, if this could have been a vehicle for Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. I would have been really interested to see what they would have done with it. It may have gotten more serious and eventually they would do because at this time uh, they were doing, or I think, I think this was actually on the table for Kathleen Turner. Supposedly it was while she was negotiating uh, jewel of the Nile and she had such trouble with, with Fox and, and there was a lot of, there's a lot of problems in the making of jewel of the Nile, which we'll probably cover at some point soon. Uh, But Supposedly, she used the money pit as a way to sort of uh, renegotiate her deal for Jewel of the Nile. But they would eventually work together again in the War of the Roses, which is a little more kind of along the lines of this movie. So it yeah. would have been interesting to me. Yeah, but I could see Turner and Douglas in this movie easily. Absolutely. I think it would have given the movie a higher profile right like yeah. because at the time they were huge much more huge. popular yeah or recognizable actors yeah yeah they were and already set as leading roles right. whereas this is like kind of the first for shelly i guess yeah i think this is maybe sort of their first uh real like solid leads but um yeah yeah, I mean, you know, we mentioned a couple of the Hanks movies before this, but mm-hmm. yeah, like Shelley Long had done, I mean, you you mentioned some of them, but most of the things that really like started her film acting were kind of this and and everything after it, right? Yeah. So Yep. Yeah, where where she's sharing the title card with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Uh I think losing it is maybe the next one where it's just her. Yeah. I think losing it was right before this, though, right? Or I'm not sorry. Hello again. Not losing it. Yeah. Hello again. Outrageous fortune was between yep. this and hello again. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, who knows? That's a that's a what if? You know, Marvel just had that uh, what if show that was very good. Right. So we'll we'll have our own <laughs> what if here. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, you guys ready to do a little little bo, little box office glory? Sure. Yeah, let's. All right. So the Money Pit had a budget of $10 million. It opens up March 26, 1982 at number two. It's uh, competing with April Fool's Day and Lucas. Who's seen Lucas? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. Many times. Charlie Sheen. Corey, yeah, Corey Haim. Haim. Thank Corey you. Haim. And. Dang. Uh, and uh, uh, from the Goonies. From the Goonies. That's the, the one. I forgot her name, but. Um, <laughs> Carrie Green. It's Carrie, Carrie Green, Green, of course. Carrie Green. 
so yeah uh so lucas and april fool's day um interesting uh subject matter april Dude, fool's i Day's... love april fool's day yeah i'm not yeah. gonna lie that's like a totally underrated horror movie from from that time counter programming yeah absolutely counter programming yeah. But uh, this lands between uh, Police Academy three was at the number one spot and held its held its own there, and uh, Gung Ho was was behind uh, was behind the money pit. Michael Keaton. Michael that. Keaton could have been in this movie too. Michael Keaton definitely. Michael Keaton can be in any movie. Yeah, we we love Keaton here. I'm a big Keaton fan. Yeah. Uh, it ends up. Let's see, a 5.3 million opening weekend, a 37.5 domestic run, I think 55 million worldwide. So that's a pretty, pretty, you know, good hit. This is a, this is a, a big win for, for Hanks and, and for Shelley Long. Um, so a good performance. It ends up number 29 of 1986 between The Fly and ahead of Gung Ho. There All you right. go. Nice. So Hanks won Keaton zero. <laughs> start start it up now <laughs> that's that's fact huh um you know and watching it today i uh i think it you know you guys have kind of already said it i feel like it in ways it holds up in, in the physical comedy gags of it it holds up as uh real like emotional content that's not really there in this movie so it's a pretty surface level uh, deal, but uh, in- enjoyable. I think it's it's probably good for a rewatch, like you said, Brent. Once every decade, decade and a half, uh, I probably wouldn't feel the need to do it any more often than that. Sure. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, so that's uh, that's the money pit. We are we're going to be rolling right through the month of November. Uh, spending all month long looking at the films of Mr. Hanks uh, for to Thanksgiving. So, should we uh, should we rank should we rank like you know our, our favorite Toms, uh, top five Toms, top five Toms? Oh yeah, oh, there's a I'm, lot of Toms out there. Should I'm we, down. I'm down. If we're talking Tom, we should probably Tom talk. Hardy, Tom. Oh, you mean you? Oh, Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger. Yeah. You gotta go, Behringer. Selleck, the principal. <laughs> the principal. <laughs> That's Belushi, isn't it? Is it? He was the yeah, Behringer, uh, the, the substitute. substitute. Oh, the substitute. Yeah, oh yeah. my bad. Only the first one, though. Come on, now. Right. Yeah. What about Selleck? Selleck, big deal. Selleck is rad. Huge. Yeah. Yep. Magnum PI all the way through the Tom, 80s uh, and Three Men and a Baby. So Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Hey, come on, he's the next big thing. He's the big, already the big thing. He's a huge thing. But uh, but you want to rank Tom Hanks films, right? That's what we're talking about. No, Tom like Hanks. we should just rent. Tom, we should rank Toms. Did it? So, oh, but we, so. yeah, that's happened. Then we. But we Hanks is it. number one. Hanks is number one. So yeah, yeah, you've got to put Tom Hanks number one for sure. So yeah, I mean, uh, no, put, no disrespect to the rest of the Toms out there. Does Tom does, does see Tom Sizemore? Does Tom see Scarrett? Thomas Howell count? Maybe. No. Sure. He goes no. by no. Tommy Howell now. Well, then oh, if he went does, by Tommy Howell no, he back when not. he mattered, he does. Yeah. Would... Oh, really? Yeah. Tommy Howell. He's yeah. a, a sing- he still acts, but he's a singer and stuff now. He's very he loves Oklahoma quite a bit. All right. Well, that's neat. Well, you, Oklahoma uh, the musical or Oklahoma the What about States. what about what about Tom Sizemore, John? One of your boys. 
That's yeah, but Brent, I think just mentioned that one. Oh, yep, of course, just, uh... Tom Sizemore, who yeah. co-stars with uh, Mr. Hanks years and later, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that that's uh, an interesting one, maybe to discuss sometime soon. Let me and then of course, the Crystal Ball, Tom Arnold. So that yeah, kind of rounds it out. Tom Arnold party. probably put, would, would be Arnold. at the the bottom tier, I think, but. Uh, He'd be number five. He's a five. he's a Tom nonetheless. Tom he's a Scarrett. Tom. Don't forget Tom Scarrett. Tom like, Scarrett. Oh God, no, never, never forget Scar- the Scarrett. Yeah. All right. Well, Matt, you know we've ne- we've listed a lot of Toms that we love, but Tom we're going to Jerry. Yes, the cat <laughs> from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> the list goes on forever. We yeah. don't have to. I mean, this podcast <laughs> could go on for days. <laughs> But Tom, uh, Tom to Hanks, Tom, Tom to Hanks, to Hanks will always be our, our, our number one, I think. So yeah, yeah no offense to the everyone else out there. He's number one in our hearts and we're going to be looking at his films all month long. So stay tuned. Uh, we're, we've got another one. Uh, this is the next one in our lineup is going to be very exciting. Brent and I are just maybe on the I, same page but maybe not you'll have to listen we're on different pages i know oh boy i'm so but, disappointed <laughs> oh boy right, well, well uh you know quick shout out and thank you to some of our friends uh check out uh ek wimmer who did our theme music and his podcast laser graves uh which is a really fun uh deep dive into all things 80s uh, check out our friend uh, Jay Blake Fischera and his podcast Scored to Death, which focuses on uh, horror horror scores and horrors, horror films' greatest composers. Uh, check that out anywhere you get your podcasts. And thank you to our friend Curtis Moore for the poster, as usual. Uh, this was a tough photo shoot with uh, re- rebuilding the house. We actually shot it on an actual house that was falling apart. So um, very, very challenging day. But thank you to Curtis. And, uh, you know, check us out on social media. We're at Reconsidimation Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can check out our archives at www.reconsidimation.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. And, uh, and that's about it. And just to, to bookend, uh, RIP Peter Scolari, uh, we'll, we'll miss you. And thanks for all the laughs. And uh, we will see you next time on to Hank's giving at Reconsinimation. Take care. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>